You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome back to The Comics Hall. This week, we are covering all the new releases from January 13th, 2021. We are back in business, baby. We did our uh, best of 2020 recap last week because hindsight is always 2020. Uh, but this week, we are back Wait, to the whole form. Year to use that joke. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, but this week, we are back to form with the new releases. We got the aims for you. We got a pick of the week. But before we get into that, we do have a lovely moderator joining us in the chats today. Hi, I'm Jasmine. We are live on Twitch, Facebook, and Let Your Geek Side Show, YouTube, you know, all the places. We're live everywhere. Enjoy. All right. You guys can chat with Jasmine. Let her know what you've been reading. If you've got any questions for us or for her, she will be happy to field them. Uh, but we've got a... a great new show. This It's weird feeling we're getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, we uh, sure are. So we got good. some some segments you might recognize like the comic book news it's been a while since we've had some comic book Finally. news but oh boy we've got some news um as you guys know the comic book cycle does keep a couple months ahead of the current month so you always know what there is to look forward to so marvel has been dropping a whole slate of announcements for uh april coming up we are in the april solicitation period so we're starting out with spider-man miles morales is getting a clone saga. Marvel has announced this week that in April, the 25th issue of the Miles Morales series will revisit the controversial Spider-Man story, Clone Saga. The original Clone Saga story ran from 1994 to 1996, introducing Ben Riley as well as a number of other clones. There aren't that many details about what Miles Morales is going to be facing. We can imagine that it's going to be similar in some ways and completely dissimilar in others. Yes. But artist Carmen Carnero will be illustrating the storyline and... Uh, Saladin Ahmed will be writing, and Carnero has designed the new clone characters that we will see, but we haven't seen those new designs just yet. Carnero was last seen, I believe, uh, doing, well, I know she was doing Captain Marvel with Kelly Thompson, but I can't remember if she was doing something in between those periods. But Carmen Carnero, fantastic talent. So we've got some new clones on the way. Finally, we've, we were running short on clones. <laughs> um, so also... Uh, we have a secret DC Black Label title from Jeff Lemire and Doug Mankey coming. Uh, so Jeff Lemire had announced that he will be working on a secret series for DC's Black Label imprint with artist Doug Mankey, who, uh, who's done a slew of books. He's been doing some killer, killer uh, variants for Dark Knight's Death Metal that I've personally been getting. I've got them all. You guys can't see them, but they're all right here lined up on my wall. It's it's a, the band variants. They're really sick. Oh, the, so, those rock and roll variants. Oh, they're so cool. They're so <laughs> cool. Um Especially the one of uh, my personal favorite of Aquaman playing like the very goth synth. It's really cool. I don't uh, think I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll show you. So um, the pair had previously worked together on Justice League of America number six and seven. That was way back in 2013, though. So while details are scarce, Lemire has uh, said that people often ask, is there any DC or Marvel character that you really want to write? Um this is the character. So there's no release date for the secret black light, uh, the black label title this time, but whatever it is, um, I'll be reading it and it's going to be amazing because those two tied, those two are a Titans, um, which I don't know if it's Titans. I don't, we don't know any more than you do. So that wasn't a spoiler by any means. <laughs> I was just a very, very, uh, well-timed DC comics joke. <laughs> yes. I'm a professional. If anything, 
All right. Up next again from Marvel. Marvel has announced two characters who are getting their own solo titles beginning in April. Uh, two fan favorites, of course, in April. We've got uh, first up Cy Spurrier and Bob Quinn will be taking uh, the lead with the Way of X series, which will be led by Nightcrawler. And he is joined by his crew of Blink and Pixie as they search for truths related to the spirituality of mutant kind. Now, you guys know that my, uh, Nightcrawler does have a history with kind of faith and spirituality. And so in a world where the mutants have successfully unlocked the secrets of death and e effectively cheated death, what does that mean for those mutants who still have that tie to a higher power? Next right. up, she is returning to a solo series. Jane Foster is busting onto the scene post-King in Black with her newly assembled team, the Mighty Valkyries. So the Mighty Valkyries will be a new title led by Jane Foster, but she will be joined by whatever the team looks like coming out of King in Black. We've still got a few more issues to go. The first issue did debut last week, but we've got a little ways to go to see how that team is going to end the event. However, we do know that Loki, the Fenris Wolf, and Hela will be challenging the team of Afterlife Warriors right out the gate under the pens of writers Jason Aaron and Torin Gronbeck, fabulous people who I would gladly pledge my sword to. Uh, yeah. And uh, Mattia de Ulis will be on art. Mattia has been seen doing, uh, I believe he did a guest issue of Spider-Woman. He's done some Hulk. He's done some Iron Man. And uh, of course, most notably and most recent, not most recently, but most notably, recently jessica jones with kelly thompson yeah love matthias stuff and this is actually kind of if fans were paying attention to solicits there was kind of a storyline that was solicited back uh before the publishing halt in 2020 uh and then when the jane foster valkyrie series ended a little bit prematurely we might expect to see some of those ideas carried into this post king and black landscape so i am very excited to see them taking up the wings for marvel again it's going to be beautiful. We know that, at least. There's so, preview pages up, and do yourself yes. a favor. Please go look at them. It looks like a freaking movie on a comic book page. And, like, I don't I don't know how to explain that any better than it looks like cinema on a comic book page. Yeah, Matias work is – it's it's just not fair. It's just <laughs> – it really isn't. Uh, no one should be that talented. But – um, so, not that you needed any reminder, I'm sure, but just in case it did sneak up on you. A little show called WandaVision debuts this Friday. So this is Marvel Studios' first television series. Uh, it'll premiere on Disney Plus uh, this Friday. I'm assuming at the same time that like Mandalorian would come out. So uh, that's going to be uh, what noon? Or, I'm noon, not noon. Uh, midnight Pacific. Uh, the other and, twelve. <laughs> and the other twelve. Um, so, but in the meantime. If you are looking for comics to read to prepare for that debut, you can check out The Vision by Tom King and Gabriel Walta and House of M by uh, Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Olivia Copio. So, uh, and those are two huge, huge stories that um, you probably hopefully have read. If you haven't read them, go read them. If not, read them again because they're really, really good. Um, and they will definitely get you in the right headspace for finally the start of the new phase of Marvel, which we're very excited for. So freaking excited! I know, I know. We're gonna get the return. We're gonna get the return of Darcy Lewis, and we've also got uh, the grown-up Monica Rambeau. And who mm -hmm. knows what the heck is going on oh, with yeah. that series? But I'm so excited. <laughs> and I don't do yourself a favor. Don't try to debunk everything before in. Just go in and enjoy the show. I believe we're getting. If the internet is to be believed, which they would. Uh, 
you know, never lie, is I believe uh, we're getting two episodes on Friday, very similarly. Similar I think to so. What we did with uh, the first episode of Mandalorian, the first season of Mandalorian, I believe. So I believe uh, it's uh, ten then, episodes. Yeah, and then the yeah. the next eight weeks we'll have the rest right, of the episodes. Yeah. So I think so. WandaVision is going to be exciting. We're very excited for it. Um, at some point, you can expect us to talk about it. But we've we've got other stuff to do on this show, Amy. Yes, we do. We've got the return of a fan favorite. We've got the panel of the week. Oh, my yes. goodness. Did you all miss this? I bet you did. So we started out the year fresh. Having done, uh, having had a chance to check out the first week of Future State, and we didn't get to review it for you guys last week, but mm-hmm. we thought might as well kick off a very Future State filled week with yes. an idea for best panel of the week or panel of the week, best Future State week one. So it yes. they came out the gate strong with a bunch of cool titles, uh, and so we've got two excellent titles reflecting some of the first offerings. Panel number one, Paul, do you want to explain what we have here? I sure do. So, uh, the first panel you can see here, this is Future State, The Next Batman, written by John Ridley, art by Nick Darrington, Nick Darrington, and uh, colors by the incredible Tamara Bond villain. So, we see Batman in the iconic Batman pose. He's high above Gotham, and he's telling these kids, the kids are asking him, are you going to take us to jail? And he says, I'm going to give you over to child services. What happens after that is up to you in a very Batman-esque way. Uh, honestly uh it was funny right before the show amy had sent me the uh a post from nick darrington's twitter and it was you know the before and after tamra got her hands on this and wow the difference on this panel is incredible when she adds those colors into um into when she puts them to page it's it's incredible i love this i was the more i look at it it's like the reverse iconic jim lee batman which, you know, it's sort of you get Batman in the Jim Lee version looking, you know, out and watching over ba- watching over Gotham. And this one, it's it's funny. He's like turned in, not looking out. And it's, it's sort of uh, very reminiscent of who the next Batman is. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but that was my panel and I love it so much. I, and I love seeing the greens and the blues and the reds. And such a, mm-hmm. It's such a colorful Gotham skyline where you normally think yeah. it's gray on gray on gray on gray. Yes. Uh, but Speaking of colorful, Tamara Bonvillain also put her hands and her magic into my panel pick, uh, which is from Future State Harley Quinn, number one. Uh, Batter up, boys. This is written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Simone DiMeo. Excuse me. I always say that wrong. um, Who you also might recognize from We Only Find Them When They're Dead over at Boom Studios. And what a difference a colorist makes. It's really cool to see... uh, DeMeo's work for Boom Studios and now for DC Comics. This is just a high-flying, fun, very neon-colored Harley Quinn story. Really enjoyed this one, but I just thought it was a perfect... Uh, this is actually the opening panel just to launch into the energy and bubbly uh, frivolity of Harley Quinn coming down on top of some futuristic super soldiers in in kind of drab armor, but yeah. she's got the the... It's not just dip-dyed pigtails. It is the bright pink and blue hairstyle. And, and yeah, those neon lights give it a very cyberpunk, tech-noir feel to the story. Very, very fun. So I thought that was a really good indicator of what the Future State line is all about right now. Yeah, it, 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 that's it, – you nailed it because it's, you know, Harley Quinn is anything – You know, if anything, she's like kinetic energy that just never stops moving. And this panel is just to kick off the book that way quite literally is uh, – is, it is incredible. And yeah, I mean, Tamara's, we're going to be mentioning, mentioning her name quite a bit today. Like we didn't even plan that, but it will happen. <laughs> yes. 
All right, Amy, we have a winner. Yes, you did the diagnostics on both our Instagram quiz and our Facebook group results. And we had some very cool, very cool, but still only one person could win uh, results. (laughs) And (laughs) the winner is the next Batman. That's my panel. Woot, woot. Yes. uh, He's America's next top Batman. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, Don't do the death drop up from up there, please, Batman. So, um, yeah, I. Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't think I was going to win. I wasn't ready to give a speech, but I've got a couple of things prepared. <laughs> You're kicking off the year, Paul. Start yeah, strong. So, just like Harley Quinn. So, uh, thank you all. Uh, thank you, everyone that voted. We really appreciate it. We had a, a, quite a few votes in the Let Your Geek Side Show group, of course. Um, but also, we had for the first time ever, we had a literal tie on Instagram. It was 22 votes for Amy, 22 votes for me. Um, and it was super close in the, uh, let your geek side show group as well. Normally there's a, uh, you know, the difference is about 20, sometimes 30 votes, but this one was only just barely over 15. It was, which when you factor in how many people vote, it's not that many, but thank you all <laughs> so much. We really appreciate it. So I, I, I will happily wear the belt. And we're week. starting with a fresh slate this year. So uh, that's yes. one for you, Paul. One oh, starting oh, off the oh, year. Strong. We're not carrying it over? Okay. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You just drop that on me live, everyone. But yeah, you know congratulations. What? One and oh, I'll take it. <laughs> but speaking of winners, we do have a winner uh, to congratulate from our Instagram only giveaway that we did mention on last week's show. Uh, sure Paul, do. do you want to uh, reveal, or I mean, I know we've revealed the winner, but uh, congratulate him once again. Uh, yeah. So congratulations. Over on Instagram, Mr. Chase Voigt, you are the winner of the Daredevil Six Scale, uh, the Daredevil Shadowlands Six Scale by Sideshow. Uh, so Chase Voigt, congratulations. Uh, he's already been contacted. We just wanted to, you know, put his name up in the Raptors of, uh, of, of or feed his name to the Raptors of the Comics Hall. So uh, Chase, congratulations. And thank you to all of you who not only participated and, and, and put comments in a lot of those runs that I had completely forgotten about. But also, thank you to everyone who stuck around after you found out you did win. That's also <laughs> huge for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, because if you did stick around, then of course we've got some great comic books to share with you this week. We are yeah. going to move on to our weekly haul segment. And we're going to start with a pick of the week. Yes. we got a pick of the week, but uh, don't, don't, uh, yeah. yeah, full disclosure, it's a pick of last week, but in the, the essence of just catching up on what was happening last week and just the the excitement of the future state line. Like, I think I, before we even go into them, uh, I think it's a testament to the accessibility, the A in our aim that I've picked up like six future state titles and had no problem with them, had a ton of fun with them so far. Yeah. So, uh, you can do it too. If, if Amy can get into a DC book, you can do it too. But our pick of the week goes to none other than the future state wonder woman. Number oh. one, from DC Comics. This is not to be confused with next week's release of Wonder Woman Immortal, which will follow Diana Prince. This is the Wonder Woman Yara Floor, who is kind of the flagship Wonder Woman for the Future State event, representing the future of the Wonder Woman mantle. Yes. Um, now, this story is uh, written and penciled by uh, Joelle Jones, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by um, the forever busy Clayton Cowles, who I don't know when when uh, he sleeps, but this is an incredible, incredible story. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to just say this up top. This, I've read almost everything Future State has put out so far. Hands down, this has been my favorite 
Wonder Woman. This has been my favorite title that Future State has put out. So, um, you know, I really, really think that everyone will enjoy it. So we will get into um, a light aim for what this title is for everyone. So, uh, Amy, do you want to speak to, because you are, again, you haven't, you know, been maybe reading Wonder Woman, Mariko Tamaki's Wonder Woman or so much of the Dark Knight's death metal stuff. Do you want to speak to a little bit the accessibility of this particular issue? Yeah, totally. Now, um, there is, of course, on the opening page, a nice little blurb that says, spinning out of Dark Knight's death metal, the multiverse has all these things going on in it. Um, I have not found any barrier of entry. If I was supposed to have read Dark Knight's death metal beforehand, I still had fun with whatever was going on. But I genuinely believe you don't need to know what is happening. You just kind of have to understand the aim of the future state event, which is showing alternate continuity stories, um, except for the fact that they might not be alternate anymore. I know that no. that's part of dark. Anyways, but you don't need to know that. Um, I found this incredibly accessible. This is a brand new character. Fans are debating which issue counts as her technical first appearance because she may or may not have been teased in a previous Wonder Woman uh, title as as a uh, daughter of a river god. And, and the, fans are kind of not sure which one is her true first appearance just yet. Uh, but... You can jump right into this story. It is high fantasy and fun. It is the first main title to feature this character. And she's more likely than not getting her own ongoing series after the Future State event, as well as a CW television show about her. So that is, this is the the testing grounds. They wouldn't introduce a character that you couldn't get into if they weren't so sure how she was going to be received because they are going full steam ahead with Yara Floor. And the, the, I mean, Joelle Jones, first of all, you may know her from Catwoman or Lady Killer, just such a strong artistic presence. And you guys can see we are showing you uh, the Joelle Jones cover. There is a variant that is Jenny Frizen that is just, ooh, just beautiful. But uh, yeah, accessibility wise, I didn't read anything death metal. And that is how you can take my recommendation. I had such a lot of fun with this. And I haven't caught up on all of this week's feature state. I did pick up Superwoman and Teen Titans and Justice League, which one of those titles I'll be reviewing for you in a bit, but Wonder Woman remains the standout. It's just yeah. so well crafted. Yeah. I think everything from the dialogue to the idea that it's, this is a new character. And I mean, really this is the first time the Yard floor has been flushed out as a character. Um, and Joelle Jones did such a great job of making you and her uh, feel like this character has been around forever and just and you just happen to catch her in the middle of a normal Wednesday. Um, it's absolutely fun. Like the again, the dialogue is like is punchy, it's dynamic. Um, and the colors, oh my god, the colors are probably my favorite part of this book. Um Jordi Belair, she does an incredible job. And it I feel like she's also another one that never sleeps because she's been so busy as of late. Um, now, as far as another part of accessibility that we like to get into is like, how easy is this book to find? Like you can go on Comixology right now and read this and you know, no problem. But if you wanna pick this book up physically, you may have some trouble. And it's only because this book sold out really quickly. Uh, this book and a couple of other Future State books are already back in second printing. Um, Dark how uh, the next Batman one and two are already in second printing. 
However, if your store ordered up, it's very likely that they might still have a copy this week. I know that our store uh, had some copies of Wonder Woman left. This was a this was one of those titles that was like, we need to be prepared with enough copies. But like Paul said, there will be a second printing. This is a character that DC wants to make sure that everybody who wants to read her has the chance to do so. And yes, she is available on Comixology as well. Yes. Um, now, again, I, I totally, totally think that as far as like, interest goes like if you were looking for a place to jump on to a wonder woman book like this is it i mean i really don't see a better jumping on point for wonder woman and there is so many she's such a to me she feels like a more grounded wonder woman if you will Mm -hmm. she's a lot more relatable and there's even some moments i know that amy loves particularly because uh it reminds her of some uh, maybe some other properties that uh you really love Yes, I actually wanted to explain, first of all, for the Marvel converts, if you're not 100% sure, if you're if you're a Marvel reader, but you're not really sure if you would, would vibe with Wonder Woman, I always maintain that Wonder Woman and Thor are very incredibly similar in many respects. So um, Yara Flora feels very much like a Jane Foster Valkyrie type. If, if, you are, if you are reading the Jane Foster books or you enjoyed the Jane Foster Thor run, transplanting into Wonder Woman would be exceptionally easy. It's also got uh, some of those current fantasy vibes if you're digging once in future and die but uh in terms of the and it's not too much of a spoiler to say i mean we try to be spoiler free but she does have to go to the underworld at some point that is a backdrop uh so if you like the bureaucracy of beetlejuice or you like the general energy of the afterlife from disney's hercules um you'll i think you'll have a lot of fun with it it's not the typical oh going to hell it's the land of the dead it is very much one of those bureaucratic almost like an airport terminal um, sure it's, yes. <laughs> and in in a small way because she is a more youthful kind of teenaged character and then in dialogue with the justice league uh book that came out this week she reminds me of kieran gillen's version of america chavez which ah, is a lot of fun nice. just that kind of she's got the the cocky swagger i think of a of a hero who knows what she's doing but isn't always a hundred percent like in control of the situation uh so there's that's a myriad of things, but those Marvel titles, if you are a a, a recent convert or you're not sure about jumping to the future state, uh, would recommend it if you're a fan of any of those titles I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I think this book of all of them, because some of these um, future state books have had price tags of six ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine, um, four three ninety nine, which is around the standard cover price now. For a DC book, Wonder Woman is honestly the most bang for your buck that you're going to get. It's it's beautiful to look at. Um, it's incredibly interesting just as a concept and a premise. Uh, she really does. Like if you are someone who is a comic book purist and you're not 100% sure, like you don't want to see anyone other than Diana Prince as Wonder Woman, I think that the way that this character is treated and introduced or introduced, um, it, it'll, it'll, it'll do you proud there. So, I mean, that's... We don't want to spoil too much yeah. of it. Tons of fun. Uh, but I will say with that $3.99 price, it is one of the uh, – and there's you kind of got a 50-50 shot when you're picking up a Future State book. A lot of the Future State titles will have a second story in them or like a second uh, title. Wonder Woman is just Wonder Woman. So if you get this, you're just getting the Yara Floor story, which is not bad. It is a fantastic story. It's, it's great. It's so much fun. And I honestly cannot wait for the next one, which I think is in like two weeks. Yep. All right. All right. So now we've got our weekly haul. If you guys weren't, uh, are you guys feeling ready? I mean, that was just our our dip our toes back into the water. 
Uh, we've got four books for this week, new releases. Actually, I'm cheating because one of mine was a last week release again that I want to make sure that we don't miss out on talking about. But Paul, take it away with your first AIM title. Yes. So the first book that I'm going to aim for all of you is Future State Dark Detective. Now, this is being written by Marika Tamaki and Matthew Rosenberg, uh, art by Dan Mora and Carmine uh, Di Gia de Monaco, and colors by Jordi Belair and Antonia Favela, with lettering by uh, Aditya Bidikar. Now, the reason I say and and is because this is a story that is cut in half. So the first half is by um, Marika Tamaki and Dan Mora, and then the, the latter half, the second story in this is, um, I'm sorry, Matthew Rosenberg and uh, Dia Monaco. Can I interrupt you really quickly? Oh, yeah, if any yeah. of our viewers or listeners are uh, in the Berkeley area of California, up north, um, Marco Tamaki actually just signed a bunch of copies at Cape and Cowl Comics. Uh, oh. They may or may not be sold out, but if that is your local store or you live in the area, you might want to call them if you are interested in getting a signed copy because I did catch that on Twitter before we went live. Uh, Mariko did sign a handful of dark detectives at oh, that that's store. So cool. Yeah. Really cool. So she so, must be local uh, up there then somewhere. I think so. Or she was at least in the area. Right. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if there's one per- – if you, if you ever see anyone that is pulling comics off the rack and signing them, if they are not Mariko Tamaki, call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is an incredible book. This has been, I believe, the book that I've been waiting for the most out of pretty much the entire Future State line. I mean, Superman – um of worlds superman world's end i believe is what it's called that one looks really really great um i will say though this is still slightly under wonder woman because of the fact that it is broken in two stories um i think but it is still an, an amazing book so um really quickly the pitch for this book gotham has been taken over by the magistrate which is basically a third party police force that has been hired by GCPD to monitor Gotham specifically for what they call the masks. So anyone in a mask, good or bad, is an enemy of the magistrate. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, you've got Bruce Wayne is presumed dead. And then in the second half of the story, you've got Grifter and Luke Fox who find themselves on the run. So as far as accessibility goes, if you have not been reading if you haven't read Batman or any core Batman books in the last five years, you can jump on this book and be completely captivated by it. It's so much fun. It's wonderful. And honestly, I cannot stress enough how incredible Dan Mora's art is, is specifically in the first one. There are some panels of uh, Bruce Wayne in the rain. Uh, he's holding he's got his hands on the <laughs> On the plane, mainly in Spain. <laughs> yes. Thank <Sorry>. you. <laughs> Amy Seuss. <laughs> That was really bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, good. No, it was good. Amy's just writing down rhymes. This is going to come in handy one day, I promise. <laughs> um, but again, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, some some places will tell you, like, if you haven't read Batman in the last, um, like, if you're not at least caught up on, like, you know, uh, James Tynan's run, this may be this this may be a little hard to understand. I personally think that if you go into this and you don't understand why batman is completely flat broke and there's other elements of this i think it's more fun because you're like what happened and just builds this the story behind it but again you can jump right into this and completely understand it that goes the same 
for the grifter story and this is a huge dc book you should have no problem finding this and its variants at your local comic shop so now as far as the interests go uh for this which is the eye we have um it, it's tricky because marika tamaki and dan moore are both eisner nominated and winning artists so you really really are like wow this should knock it out of the park but that doesn't always mean that you know the story is going to just you know um knock your socks off in this case it totally does it's it's so much fun but it really is a must read if you're a batman fan if you're not a batman fan this is really like if you're not a bruce wayne batman fan it's funny to see this story because it feels like this is how we get to terry mcginnis's you know neo gotham like this feels like years before that, but these are the stepping stones of how we get to New Gotham and that whole Terry McGinnis story. I also uh, the whole time with the colors by Jordi Belair, um, I get huge, huge, huge Blade Runner vibes. Like it just feel like you just feel like the neon. Like it's weird to you know a good colorist, as Amy likes to say, uh, can you know can do incredible work for the story. Um, on this one, specifically on a particular sequence with Bruce Wayne, you feel the warmth of the neon in like just how it's presented. I can't really explain too much more because it's you just have to see it. Um, but it, you can feel the neon. You can hear it buzzing. And that is a great team that can kind of bring that to life. So I, I honestly loved it. And then the – it's the grifter story and the Batman story could not be more different. So if you are super all in for the real dark, serious Tamaki story, Matthew Rosenberg's story with grifter is, uh, it, it can be jarring. Just prepare yourself. They are different, but Matthew Rosenberg's pacing. Um, and honestly, uh, the story by Gian Domenico is, is, is so much fun. This whole book is so much fun. I could not recommend it enough, and luckily, it is now five ninety nine. I say that because when it was solicited, it was seven ninety nine, but it's only five ninety nine now. Forty eight pages. It is such a great book. This is one of four um, of Dark Detective. So that's Dark Detective, uh, Future State Dark Detective number one, and that's your aim for it. Go read it. Go pick it up. You're not going to have any problem finding it. All right. Next up, I've got Future State Justice League number one, DC Comics. This may. Uh, be the first DC comic book I've aimed on this show. I can't actually mm. remember. Um, that's awesome. So like Paul mentioned, this is one of those twofer books. Um, and so we've got the main Justice League story by Joshua Williamson with art by Robson Roca and Daniel uh, Daniel Henriquez with colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. And then uh, there's a Justice League Dark story. So there's, I think they're both about 24 pages each. Uh, the Justice League Dark is written by Ram uh, Ram V with art by Marcio Takara and then colors by Marcelo Maiolo. So uh, it's going to be weird. I'm going to try to kind of talk about them half and half, uh, but you you unfortunately don't get the choice. You pick up the whole book and you get both stories. But but I mean that's not an unfortunate thing. They're both great stories with their own merits. And um, if you're if you're coming for one, stick around for the other because the the teams are both great. Again accessibility wise i found this extremely accessible um i find that these stories that as opposed to why i didn't pick up necessarily the batman batman is a character who has such an established history and i felt maybe i wasn't going to be able to dive into it as much but this is a 
a team of pretty much new characters because while we've got like Andy Curry from the Aquaman book, she's been aged up and she's not a baby anymore. Um, so it's like, I don't have to know a whole lot about her. I just kind of understand that there's been a baby Aqua baby. Uh, and uh, the, the only character that I recognize as kind of having a story that you could read before to recognize them is Joe Mullane. Uh, she is the Green Lantern representing on this team. Uh, but then we've also got John uh, Superman, or yeah, he's Superman in the story. We've got Yara Floor, fresh off of her debut from the last week book. Um, we've got a new Flash, who's mostly just referred to as Flash throughout the story. Um, I believe their name is Jess. Uh, and then I think it's Tim Fox as the new Batman. But there's a big, actually, there's a big story point as to why they all call each other by their code names rather than their first names. So I don't want to get into that too much. <laughs> it was uh, kind of messing with my brain. So I recognize them as their characters. But um, as opposed to um the kind of new composition of this justice league team the justice league dark is actually a version of the team that you would more or less recognize we've got zatanna we've got detective chimp uh we've got etrigan the demon who i love uh john constantine also does make an appearance and so there's a lot going on in that universe where both stories kind of represent a world that has been upended in a in a slight way this is a new justice league that has uh had to rise and pull together in the wake of the failure of their predecessors and the justice league dark has had their butts handed to them by the bad guy and they're kind of fractured to the winds trying to pull themselves back together uh, but both stories do a fantastic job of establishing the stakes and the reason that the world is the way it is um i just think it's 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 a lot of fun and they do they it's one of those stories that the details you need to know will be un unraveled to you. So even if you don't have all of that information on the first three pages, right. the way that it is paced and told, it will um, it will unveil itself to you over time. Uh, now, in terms of interest, if you're picking this up for the main Justice League, uh, you might be hopping over from Yara Flores' debut last week. You might also be hopping over because of uh, Far Sector Green Lantern, or you might just be picking it up because you want to see what the new Justice League looks like. I think that there is because all of these characters are so fresh and this is the first time that they are assembling as a team. Um, there's a lot to love here. And so you can kind of pick which character you want to be following. Everybody kind of gets their moments in this issue, but uh, because it is an ensemble book, it's a little hard to pick one whole standout. Um, I thought it was great. Just uh, a lot of fun. Again, we've got Andy Curry coming over from the Aquaman book so these are all characters where you can kind of see where they've started to appear and this is the first time that the dc universe mm -hmm. is pulling them together um and for interest on the fans of justice league dark first of all if you're a fan of etric and the demon you're gonna have a great day <laughs> i love him a lot and so i was actually very pleasantly surprised uh to see the way that he appears in this book uh also loves zatanna it kind of reminded me um a bit of the uh recent marv wolfman raven daughter of darkness series kind wow. of in which um Raven and the other uh, magic users were being assembled and there was a, a kind of squadron of dark knights, but not Batmans, uh, but like knights of old, um, kind of seeking to eliminate all the magic users. And we've got a similar premise here where Merlin and his knights have kind of put the kibosh on anyone who is practicing magic overtly. And so we've got a lot of fun intrigue and kind of the running around in the dark dealings. And this is really weird. Uh, weird connection to draw, but it reminds me of the end of Buffy season five, where you've got the like <laughs> the knights of old who are like seeking to take down Glorificus, and and then we've got like this ragtag band of people. They don't have a minivan in Justice League Dark, but they might as well. Uh, but to that kind of 
kind of weird opposing archaic forces of like magic is bad and no it's not um but i really i really and i forgot that justice league dark was a part of it i signed up for the the newbie team of justice right. league characters and then bam i got a justice league dark story story i love marcio takara's artwork as well uh so like dark detective this is a 5.99 book and it is 48 pages again i believe divided about 24 and 24 for each story um nice. A lot of fun with this book. And again, yeah, both are so accessible that even if you came for a specific story, uh, then you might as well stick around for the other because they, the places that the teams find themselves in are so vastly different where the new Justice League kind of has a glimmer of hope about them, even though they have to uh, deal with the failures of their predecessors. But the Justice League Dark is completely on the outs. Things suck for them. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but that's <laughs> almost as fun to see as well. They're so, the uh, JV, the Justice League JV. They've always had, they always have been, and I love it so much. It's it's so much fun. So I, I'm actually very pleasantly surprised by how much fun I had with this title. So that is, without saying too much about either story, that is Future State Justice League number one from DC Comics. Nice. Yeah, I have picked that one up as well. I cannot wait to read it. So. Um, I feel like we've covered a good amount of uh, DC Comics and Future State. We are now moving over to uh, my second and last aim of the week. This is a book that did come out today. Um, it is Haha ha, Number One by Image Comics. Um, now, this is written, uh, written, I'm sorry, by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Vanessa R. Del Rey, and the colors by Chris O'Halloran. Now, Haha ha is a genre-jumping, uh, really sad, scary, hilarious, you know, look into the life of people who get played to be the fool, um, but not every story is exactly the same. Um, these are – this is an anthology series like, um, you know, Prince's other work being Ice Cream Man. So getting right into it, the A in AIM, the accessibility, you can jump right into this. You you don't need to know anything. This is, as we like to say on this show, a true number one. And uh, meaning you can just pick this book up and everything you need to know, everything that ever was in this book is in issue one. Now, with that being said, the accessibility, the other side of that accessibility coin is how easy is this book to find? Um, me and Amy have different, uh, different answers for this because at my shop and some other shops that I called around to, uh this was sold out this was sold out pretty early but at the at amy's shop it does appear that they have a they have quite a few but this book is selling pretty well um now i i assume some of that is because of the success of ice cream man w maxwell prince has um you know the midas touch right now that book you know i i believe uh ice cream man is geez into in past the 30s it's 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 up it's there, getting up there right yeah it's up there and every issue is incredible it there's it's it's so great so this is the um his clown look at that and it's funny in an interview <laughs> maxwell prince did say that he is terrified of clowns so he said to hell with it i'll write a clown book you know like immersion therapy at its finest really so uh as far as the eye goes the interest in this book dead stop if you are a fan of any of his other work, uh, specifically Ice Cream Man, you will love this book. Now, I'm just going to warn you right now, this book does not have any of the fun and any of the hope that like Future State does or really anything. I mean, it's an image book and Maxwell Prince knows – he writes what he knows and what he knows is the drudgeries of life and how like – 
boring and how there can be legitimate horror in everyday life. And so this story really does encapsulate that. Um, now, I could not recommend this book enough. Uh, Vanessa R. Del Rey, she is one to watch. She's fantastic. Uh, the art in this book is really gritty. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> The book is really, really gritty, and it is uh, it does make this world that um, the the main character's name, the clown, his name is Bartleby. So uh, it's so <laughs> it's the scary it's the scariest name, Amy. It's a weird name for a clown. Well, that's like you tell them that it's not, I I mean I don't yeah. want to. It sounds like a little it sounds like a little highbrow, like a little fancy for a clown. Like yeah. I'm Bartleby the clown, but it it does have a funny cadence to it. It sounds like a, well. a chef, a, a mouse that's a chef. Like that's what it <laughs> reminds me of. So, um but alas, it is not a mouse chef. It is uh Bartleby is a clown that is down on his luck. Uh, and the story is really really I'm going to be honest with you, it's really depressing, but it's so so well written that uh I think it it, it deserves a read. Maxwell Prince understands pacing. Like if you've heard me talking about that Texas blood and how the book takes its time and really unveils slowly and, you know, very slowly what you need to know, this book does that. It it does, um, it doesn't really pick up until like the last 10 or 15 pages, I'll be honest, but it's, uh, it's really sad. And I, I would say the saddest part of this book is how many people can probably relate to what the core story of this is. Um, which I think makes it great. If this book, if a book can evoke a certain emotion out of you, I think it's great writing and it looks fantastic. Um, and haha does not. So we are getting a question. I'm sorry. Um, from someone over on Facebook from single songwriter on YouTube wants to know, does haha stand for anything? Uh, it doesn't, it's just, it is the, I believe in an interview that, um, Prince uh, W. Maxwell Prince, the writer, did with uh, AIPT Comics. He um, had said that "haha" is just like the first thing that came to mind when he was jotting down a uh, like what he was calling this project as he was working on it. He just had the file name as "haha," and that happens a lot. That happens so. That happens, I think, a lot more often than we think. I know that happened with. Um, Jeff Johns and a lot of the like the Green Lantern cores, like what he was naming them, he just was just like thinking of different emotions, and he's like, you know what, let's just write that in. So he, um, yeah, it's just Ahad is not an acronym; it doesn't stand for anything. It's just the first thing that comes to mind when he thought of clowns, and that's what he named the project. So, um, <laughs> and it is also as far as now the M in AIM, the monetary uh, investment or the money. How much does it cost you? It's three ninety nine. So. It um is completely worth it. Now this is issue one of six, so it's a six issue miniseries. Now each issue is going to be written by W. Maxwell Prince, but the artist is going to change, so we're going to get six different artists. So it's a fun anthology series that uh you know Maxwell Prince likes to do. He likes to do these things. Image does as well. So that's haha number one. If you can find it and you are totally ready to be bummed out read this book because it is not a fun hopeful read but it is beautiful to look at it's beautiful to read and it does evoke emotions so go read it or don't you know but but do you know no one understands the tears of a clown uh wow. but time, you've just been sitting on that one huh <laughs> no that one i was like i gotta say something real smart before i transition <laughs> over um no so next up we're gonna take it a little more to a cerebral place we're gonna jump back last week marvel comics as we mentioned had a huge mm -hmm. debut that again i want to make sure you guys don't miss this because 
we got a little film project coming up eventually uh, called The Eternals. And so with that, they have launched, of course, the new Eternals number one by Marvel. Uh, this is written by Kieran Gillen, who is currently the unstoppable, untouchable writer of books like Die and Once in Future. But he's also known for, of course, The Wicked and the Divine, uh, Peter Thunderbolt, and uh, oh my goodness. Uh, Young Avengers. That's what I wanted to say. Sorry, I was like, you know, that books. I was like, you know, the the other Justice League, the Young Avengers. Um, but the art team is the reuniting of the again equally unstoppable Assad Ribic and Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson is on the colors, but you may recognize this complete team as having tackled the Thor God of Thunder series. Um, Assad is just one of those. That's one of those artists you have to have in your kind of comic book lexicon. Um, and they've they've worked together for numerous projects. Matt Wilson's colors go really nicely with Isad's uh, images to kind of give them a soft, almost colored pencil type quality uh, to the unconventional line work, but just a beautiful, beautiful uh, pairing here. And, and this is truly all of these creators in their element. Kieran Gillen has the thought-provoking existential characters to play with that are the Eternals, and Assad excels at the cosmic, um, which is interesting because we do get to see a lot of the Eternals being on Earth in this issue, this debut issue, but where they truly reign is in the cosmic sphere, and he's, of course, besides uh, the besides God of Thunder, he's known for his work on Silver Surfer, so this is just one of those teams where marvel was like how do we get people into this this group of characters before we launch an entire film about them we're going to bring out the big guns so accessibility while it is a new number one for this group of characters and they want to make it as accessible as possible the story does work best with a general understanding of the relationship between the eternals the deviants and the celestials the story does kind of grease those wheels for you as you go along but there are some things that it assumes it assumes both that you know a little bit just maybe you heard a little bit or you've you've looked up some stuff and it assumes you know next to nothing about this. So it, it, it works really well, but it does help to have a little understanding. And I'll give you my best summation of it. The Celestials, which are those big, really cool Jack Kirby robots that have all the cool, really lo- like nice lines and they've got such freaky faces. Um, the Celestials, those big mamajamas, came to Earth Long before humanity, they were messing around with the native flora and fauna. Jason Aaron's Avengers series that's currently going on has given them a new role in creating superheroes. Um, But before there was humanity and heroes and Avengers, the Celestials were kind of meddling in everything. And they created two races, the Eternals and the Deviants. And despite their name, the Deviants usually are fine. However, some Deviants tend to go off the rails. They have genetic anomalies they become monsters and it is the job of the eternals who are as the name suggests just never ending limitless always able to be revived warriors uh it is up to the eternals to pick off the deviants who go rogue and the most famous of the eternals is icarus who is who you see on the cover here um he was covered also in a series by neil gaiman but the most famous of the deviants is thanos so that's your that's your quick Eternals history. Um, so that that really does help uh, the issue go a little bit better. But it's one of those stories that begins what it feels like in in media res. It kind of feels like it's starting and you missed something. But as the story is laid out, it does um, do its best to explain. Uh, the narration is machine or the machine, and it's kind of this overseeing force of the Eternals. And so you've got the machine who is giving its 
kind of perspective on the preceding events. And then you are following the adventures of Icarus and Sprite. And I actually couldn't tell you a whole lot about those characters. This is my first foray with the Eternals. So I wanted to give you that as my kind of, as a fellow reader who might not be as familiar with them. Um, So it is a very interesting story. It does give you again, the kind of history and the cosmic view, but you also get to see them on earth as Icarus and Sprite are doing the work of picking off some of the deviants that have uh, kind of, gone crazy and hidden themselves inside of the earth and uh, there is a cameo appearance by a familiar avenger who kind of does help to ground the situation and give you the perspective of these are not avengers the eternals are something far beyond the scope of the avengers what the avengers do is like watching ants to to the eternals like that is like it is just you are on totally different playing fields Uh, so that's pretty cool to see for interest, again, if you are a fan of any of these creators, Kieran, Assad, Matthew Wilson, this is them at their finest. Again, Marvel just really put them into their element and said, go tell this story, get people kind of prepped before this movie. And again, we know that the publishing schedule changed and this was one of the books that was heavily delayed because of both the publishing changes and the uh, Marvel Studios slate changes. Uh, but there is an Eternals film coming up and if you want to get ahead of them, Uh, and figure out these characters, this is where to do that. Um, Did I freeze on the camera? I look like I'm frozen. Nope. Nope. Maybe. I'm still there? All right. As long as you can still hear me. I was frozen with a very... Very weird face on my on my end of the screen, just making sure I've still got a pulse. (laughs) Um, But yes, this book is a buffet of their kind of excellent typical work. And I say typical in like, that's their signature, not typical like, it's run of the mill. Because this, this story is absolutely anything but run of the mill if you are looking for a casual quick read maybe save this one in your pile until you've got the wherewithal to tackle something like this but this is actually a lot of fun too because uh it's very much a character focus currently on icarus and sprite we do get to see um some other eternals in the background of the story and they do play in but the focus right now is kind of on our main too uh and isad rivik actually goes goes really interesting with the way that he draws the characters and I I can't explain it without having some of the panels and you kind of need to see for yourself, but he really goes into facial expressions, exaggerated uh, poses and it's not out of the ordinary. I guess I'm thinking of, if I go back to God of Thunder, there were some very vivid faces where the eyeballs are almost popping out of the head uh, in surprise back in God of Thunder. We've got a lot of that and the very uh, big facial expressions here in the Eternals. And it's also really cute to see them uh, coming to New York City. And uh, Sprite is the very kind of childlike, naive uh, Eternal who is known for moving very quickly and, and kind of being elusive. Uh, and so watching Icarus and Sprite try to navigate New York City and particularly street food uh, is actually really charming. So this is in terms of the M for AIM, the monetary or money. This is a $4.99 book, but you are getting 44 pages and... Okay. The price may change slightly depending on your local store. Uh, if you are getting one of the dozens upon dozens of variants that are available, I think in 40. total there are, there are about 40 variants available, yeah, 40. Um, some of which are priced higher than others. I personally got the Joe Quesada variant um, who features I, – I think it features Cersei, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, she's a character who does not appear in the first issue. Nope. But um, billions of variants, almost billions. It's 40, which is – that's almost a billion in comic book numbers. Um, but it's really cool because they are including a gallery at the end of each issue. Oh. Um, this issue covers, I think, 12 or 14 of the variants. And then they do list which artists' covers will be featured in the back of the issue for next week. Or not next week, but the next issue's release. Um, 
Marvel went all out on this and it's, it's a project they believe in. And I think if, if you are looking forward to seeing what's up next for their film studio, but also just a big new relaunch of a, a team of characters who haven't really had a lot of recognition in the fan base, this is where you start. So that is Eternals number one from Marvel came out last week, but I guarantee if your store had any number of variants, they've probably still got a bunch left over. I think we our, my store had like 10 different covers available this week, and I almost picked up another one because some of the covers are just so dang cool. They're so so check with your local store if you're interested in getting the Eternals number one. Do it. It's a good book. We promise. We got, I, that's, the, that's the Comics Hall promise with all these books that we pick. They are handpicked with love, and we recommend them strongly enough to, to you. And if you don't like them, blame us. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. You can say, eh, I didn't like it, and or- it's your fault. You can blame Jazz. She's not even on the screen to defend herself. So you can just blame Jazz. <laughs> Jazz chose all of these. <laughs> so rude, Paul. So I know. Isn't it great? Rude. Um, like we say, new year, new mean. So we're going to just keep the good times rolling. Well, Amy, I think, uh, do we have time for rapid fire? What do you think? Um, If it's really rapid, I think we can do it. Yeah, let's let's do rapid fire around real fast. So, um. Chris, you don't even need to bring up the the asset. We're we're totally good. I I know we're we're short on time here, but um, rapid fire round is what else are we reading that we didn't talk about that we didn't cover? I'll get us uh, started here. So the other books that are in our pools that we didn't have time to cover are uh, I picked up Sword Number Two, Future State Justice League, Future State Green Lantern, Homesick Pilots Number Two that is out today. Go read it; it's fantastic. The Autumnal uh, Number Four and Lonely Receiver Number Five. All Maybe right. I'm going to sound like I'm copying you here, copying you here, Paul, Uh, (laughs) but I've also got Homesick Pilots number two. I've got the Autumnal number four. I've got Sword number two. I've got Seven Secrets number six. I've got the Marauders number 17. And then for the Future State line, I also picked up Karazor L, Superwoman, and Teen Titans. Yes. Good Teen Titans is a good one to also go get if you can. It's, I think, the first comics debut of Red X. Uh, from the Teen Titans show. I believe that's this issue. I'm like 90% sure. I'll check with you. I know he's coming up soon. So if it's not in this one, it is It is one of the books coming up soon, but I am so, looking forward to that. If you were like um, if you were like me, Amy, and Jazz, who grew up on the Teen Titans show, uh, you know who Red X is, and you uh, were also heartbroken. So get ready to be heartbroken as an adult. So um, <laughs> all right, let's move into Holler. All right, so we've got our next and final segment for the day. We've got the Holler at the Hall, which is where we ask you guys a question, and we want to hear from you. We'll read some of your responses on air, and then we'll ask you another another soul-searching, thought-provoking question for next week's show. So this last week, of course, we were kicking off the year uh, with a brand new slate of books, so we asked you, and we also already kind of answered this in last week's show, so we don't need to go over that again, but what are your most anticipated comic book releases for 2021 so far? Now, most publishers have only announced up through March. Only this week, we are just starting to get the April solicitations trickling in. But even between now and March, there are so many amazing titles coming out. Yes. Uh, for example, Matthew Weekly said he is looking forward to the High Republic comic, just based on the first book, Light of the Jedi, that he is already reading. And I believe I believe Light of the Jedi is Charles Soule. Uh, Charles Soule's High Republic book just hit number one on the New York Times bestseller charts. So that's incredible. That's a bold new launch from Star Wars, that whole High Republic initiative. And that's really great to see that it's, it's already going places with the fans. Yeah, people will digest anything Star Wars, and this is something great to digest because it's so good. So we also have Ashley Brianzo, who said, Keanu Reeves, 
Matt Kent and Ron Garney's Berserker, which was that huge crowdfunding uh, Kickstarter um, book that, you know, was in, you know, everyone knows what it is by this point. She said, I can't wait to read Kiana's first foray into comics. Also, the new Lock and Key slash Sandman crossover, Hell and Gone. I love Joe Hill and Gabriel uh, Rodriguez series, and it will be awesome to see what the pairing with them, what the pairing with Neil Gaiman and Sandman will bring. Yep. Up next, Pete Tano says, hoping it's 2021, but Historia the Amazons by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. Oh my god, me too. Haven't we waited long enough? I really, really hope that's still in the works, in the pipeline. The the Wonder Woman Historia has been one of the most anticipated books of multiple years, and let's hope that this one is the year that launches this book. Fingers crossed. You have my deepest hopes, Pete Tano. <laughs> yeah, we, we all, we're, you know what? Comics Hall calling it uh november it'll be out november so that's just putting it into the universe speaking it into existence so lastly we have eric fay who said venom number 200 which is uh i believe the first issue right after the whole you know everything king and black so he says kate and stegman have been killing it with venom and i'm excited to see where uh where he venom goes after king and black i am also curious because king and black is just dominating the shelves right now so to see um where you go after the high of King and Black is going to be incredibly interesting, Eric. So we, I also agree. Yep. King and Black number three is out next week, I believe. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So uh, we do have a new question for you guys. So get your thinking caps on. We want to know, we asked a similar version of this question last year, but it was the writer version of the question. But now we want to know which comic book artist got you into reading comics, whether they were your first favorite or they got you back into comics after a time away who is the artist that dragged you into comics, whether or not you wanted to be dragged into comics? We all have that artist who's like, oh, my God, I will follow you through every book. <laughs> um, and there's, uh, you know, there are so many different parts of a book. There's the writer. There's the artist. There's the colorists, as, we, as we've learned. And there's many different parts that can go into what hooks you. But we are focusing on the artists who hooked you as a comic book reader. Yes. Um, so you can answer that. Uh, we'll, I usually put up the question, me or, I'm sorry, me or Amy usually put up the question in the Let Your Geeks I Show Facebook group that you, where you can join side.show forward slash geek group. We usually put it up sometime in the morning. It's pinned to the top. So it's the first thing that you see when you get into the group. But we will also post it on our social channels as ASAP as possible, we promise. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and we have a Facebook page. You can, if you just look up on any of those platforms, the Comics Hall, you'll find our faces there. So that's the comics hall. Um, or if you'd like to email us your answer, you can email us at the comics hall at sideshow.com. Um, we'll, we'll take and gather your answers from wherever we can get them. And we'll read as many as we can on air. We promise. Yep. We always appreciate your guys' interaction. Thank you for joining us. Once again, every Wednesday we are live at 4 PM Pacific on sideshows, uh, official social media channels, so if you are tuning in live, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming back for a new year. And if you are catching up on the podcast format, we go live on Thursdays about 8 a.m. in the morning the following day. Uh, so hopefully most of our recommendations will not be sold out for you. I know this week we played it a little fast and loose with some books that came out last week. But we were <laughs> confident enough that your stores would most likely have them available. If not, you can always go to Comixology uh, and check that out. But that will that is us. You can find us the podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms every Thursday after new comic book day so that does it for wednesday the 13th uh yeah. we'll be back we'll be back next week on the 20th with a uh, whole bunch of new comics because they're still making them uh at 4 p.m pacific again <laughs> you know where to find us thank you guys so much for joining us as always i'm amy and i'm paul 
And this has been the Comics Hall. This has been the Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. Let your geek side show.